Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, I want to welcome everyone who's joining us online and to those who are joining us here in Greenfield. It's good to be with you here today. My name is Tyler, and I serve as one of our pastors here on staff. And I know that for many of us, if not all of us, hey, the last couple of years have been really, really difficult. I mean, we've seen everything that's been going on with the COVID-19 pandemic and everything that's related to that, all the social storms, political storms, um, all, all the things that, that we've just been dealing with since then. Even now you've got uh, the conflict that's happened with Russia and Ukraine, and you see all of it, you're like, whoa, you know, it's, it's very challenging. But then you add on to that all of our own personal things that we've been dealing with, our own uh, financial storms, our own professional storms, our own relational challenges uh, that we've been going through. And my family and I, I mean, we, we've been going through this uh, with you. And like many of you, I was looking forward to turning the page from 2021 to 2022 and then was disappointed when 2022 started just as challenging as some of the previous years. For, for example, my new year actually literally started with me testing positive for COVID-19. Uh, I actually got that diagnosis uh, and the positive test on New Year's Eve. And let me just tell you, that changed the mood of our celebration real quick. You know, I'm celebrating with my family and my wife sees the results. She says, Tyler, you're going to the basement. And so I went and isolated, you know, for my family to start off the new year. And I, I'm thankful that my symptoms were pretty mild, but I did not handle isolation very well at all. Just FaceTiming my kids for dinner time and bedtime was not a lot of fun. Uh, but during that time, as I was recovering, a number of family members on uh, my side and my wife's side actually uh, tested positive for COVID-19 as well. And they had varying symptoms, but there was one family member in particular, my wife's uncle, uh, who ended up hospitalized and sedated for several days and uh, ended up passing away uh, due to COVID-19 uh, um, complications. And we went through that and saw that, and, and it just rocked our family because, I mean, we, we miss him so much. I mean, he, he's a great man and just couldn't believe that, that we would lose him uh, that way. And so that was the beginning of our year. And then I've been talking with many of you uh, throughout the beginning of your year, and I'm hearing many of you going through similar challenges as well your own health issues, or maybe one of your family members have had some health issues, or maybe there was a loss of a loved one that, that you're dealing with. I've talked with many uh, dealing with the loss of a job or a loss of a relationship. Some uh, marriages uh, have ended, and, and it's just been really, really challenging. In fact, for, for many, you know, we've been asking that question. Hey, why has it been so challenging? Where is God in the midst of this? How is God showing up? What is he going to do this, and, and, and how can I experience hope in the midst of all of this. And, and for a lot of you, that's why you're here. And that's why you're joining online. You're looking to find some hope in the midst of the challenges. And the good news is, I think what we're going to talk about today is going to show us that we can have hope even in the midst of these challenges. And, and, and that's why uh, we're, we're here today in part two of a series uh, that we've kicked off last week called Here and Now. And what we're doing is we're actually looking at the first part of this message that Jesus gave. And this message was the most famous message uh, that he actually gave. It's, it's commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. 
And the point of that message was for Jesus to explain to his followers, hey, I'm ushering in this kingdom of God, or also referred to as the kingdom of heaven, and here's what it's like to be a part of this kingdom of which Jesus is the king. And so he says, here's how you can be a part of it. And the first part of this message, he is actually sharing, these are the characteristics of what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. Now, the great news is, is that the kingdom of God isn't just something that you experience someday after you die. In fact, it's so much better than that. Jesus actually uh, shared this message that the kingdom of heaven is near, meaning you can experience this here and now. And so he starts off this message with a list that we call the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes aren't just these cute little sayings that you would say, oh yeah, that's really good, Jesus. And you know, we follow him on Twitter and we click retweet, you know, and say, hey, check this out. In fact, these statements are actually defining the characteristics of what it means to live in the kingdom of God here and now. And so he invites us all into these characteristics. And each of these characteristics actually start off with the same word. And that word is blessed. And and what we saw last week, when it comes to this word blessed, it actually means this highest form of well-being. This is the best way, the happiest way uh, to to live. And Jesus's invitation is, is if you do this, you will be blessed here and now. Now, what we see is that this blessing isn't necessarily, hey, I'm blessed because I have a new car, or I'm blessed because I have a new house, or I have the nice new things. But instead, we are blessed, or we are most fulfilled in the kingdom of God when we are living out these beatitudes. Now, the challenge is this. These beatitudes feel very countercultural. They're very counterintuitive into the way that we would just naturally live. In fact, when we read them, they're just going to feel backwards at first. I mean, notice how backwards these Beatitudes sound at first glance. Here's what Jesus said. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this just feels so countercultural. But Jesus' invitation is if you live out these characteristics, you will be blessed and you will live out the characteristics of what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. And so what we're doing is we're going throughout the series is we're looking at this goal. And the goal is that we would actually uh, live the way that Jesus invites us to live and to experience the life that God wants for us, a life that is truly blessed. And the way that we're doing it is each week, We are just unpacking one of these Beatitudes, and we're unpacking how we can live these Beatitudes out right here and right now. Last week, we got started by looking at, hey, blessed are the poor in spirit, and we discovered how we can uh, live in humility and defeat the pride in our life. And if you missed last week, I want to encourage you to go onto our YouTube channel, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can watch there. Or if you would rather go on a drive or go on a run and listen to a podcast, just uh, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can catch up with us uh, right there. Now today, 
uh, we're going to look at another beatitude that is going to feel very countercultural at first. But what we'll discover is that this beatitude actually provides hope into what we were talking about, even though it doesn't feel very hopeful at first. And, and here's what that beatitude is. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And this word mourn isn't one that we typically use in our culture today. If we do use it, we, we are often referring to someone who is grieving the loss of a loved one at a funeral. And, and that is important. That, and that is a part of mourning. But we can actually mourn so much more, and we're invited to mourn so much more than just the loss of a loved one. Although mourning the loss of a loved one is very, very important. And so Jesus says you are blessed when you mourn. However, this feels very countercultural because our culture, when it comes to something that we're dealing with, especially with a loss, tends to just tell us, hey, here's what you should do with the loss and the emotions that come with that loss. Hey, just bury those emotions or replace the loss and just let time heal everything. You know, just go ahead and push those emotions down. Just go ahead and cover them up. You know, you'll get over it. Um, you can just replace that loss. Just get that new thing or just let time heal everything. But if you give into these statements, what you discover is if you bury the emotions, the emotions are still deep down there somewhere. And if you replace the loss, that what you replace it with never satisfies what was lost. And if you let time heal everything, time doesn't heal everything. What, what time does is it multiplies everything. It multiplies what we're feeling inside over time or what we're doing over time. And so we have to do something with our loss. In fact, we, we naturally drift towards doing something with our loss and with our pain. And, and if we choose not to mourn, because our culture commonly says, hey, don't, don't mourn, don't put in the work to mourn, because to mourn actually is a practice and it is some work, uh, um, just go ahead and, and just try to bury those emotions. But what we discover is we drift towards these alternatives to mourning, and these alternatives to mourning, they do not lead us to the blessed life. See, the alternatives to mourning are, we'll either repress it, we'll retreat from it, or we'll give in to resignation. We'll repress, retreat, or resign. And, and repression, what this means is, hey, we're just gonna stuff the emotions down. You know, we're just gonna push past the pain. You know, don't cry because, it, you know, you tell yourselves it's not that big of a deal. I'm just gonna go ahead and stuff it down. And to be completely honest, this is where I naturally lean. I, I, I tend to just naturally repress my feelings and just kind of push past it all. In fact, uh, a couple years ago, um, a good friend of mine noticed I was, I was going through a, a, a time where I was dealing with some significant loss. And uh, I wasn't uh, processing those emotions. In fact, he came up to me and he just lovingly challenged me. He said, hey, Tyler, um, it looks like to me you're not processing these emotions and you just seem to be coming across as emotionally clogged, like, like a, a clogged sink where there's just nowhere for the emotions to go. And he said, and it's impacting your relationships and it's impacting them in not a good way. And I thought, huh, that's really, that's really interesting that you say that. And I, I wasn't sure what he meant. And so I went home later that night and I asked my wife and I was like, hey, you know, do, do you see this in me? And, and she said, Tyler, you know, actually, I, I was wondering how to bring it up. But now that you brought it up, like, like, yeah, you haven't been seeming to process emotions the way that I would think that, that you would or that other healthy people would. And, and it, it's coming out like, like it just doesn't feel like you're listening, doesn't feel like we're connecting. And, and when you do have an emotion, you, you just get angry. And that, that was true. What would happen is I would just process those, hold those emotions down. 
And then like a backed up sink, you know, when it backs up and water kind of comes back up a little bit, it would come out in me in terms of anger outbursts. It was like if you were just kind of shaking a bottle of soda and just took off the lid, and, and I would just have this anger outburst on her or, or others that, that I love. It was impacting those relationships. And so I said, okay, I, I need to do something about this. And so I ended up connecting with a Christian counselor, and we started talking about, about some things. And what this Christian counselor helped me realize was that just like many of us here, there were things in my past and there was hurts that happened that I should have mourned, but I have never mourned. And so I was just burying them down and repressing them. And I, as a result, I was just emotionally clogged and I wasn't processing what was going on in me and it was hurting my relationships. And, and what I learned is that the alternative to mourning of, of uh, repression is not the best way that God wants us to live. In other words, you and I, we aren't blessed, repressed. And so that's one way that we can um, not mourn is by repressing emotions. Another way is we just retreat. And, and, and we just try to escape away uh, from those feelings and, and, and from our loss. Often this comes through a seeking pleasure and saying, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. and I'm going to have a great time and, and I'm going to go chase after this. But what we see is this doesn't lead us to the blessed life either. Because often when we just try to retreat and escape and pursue pleasure, it can lead us to places where uh, we're self-medicating or we find ourselves addicted, or we're obsessing over something, and it leads us to the spot where we are not blessed. And then the third thing is we could just experience complete resignation. And this is deep despair. This is complete pessimism. This is where we would say, yeah, it's just not worth going on anymore. I, I, I just can't, just, it's just not worth it. And, and this just leads to uh, tragic, tragic results. In fact, we're, we're seeing this across many generations happening right now, but specifically 30-year-olds, uh, uh, specifically in young 30-year-old men, we're seeing just this uh, rise of just, a, uh, of just this level of resignation and depression in these men where they're just saying, I, it's just not worth anymore. I feel so stuck. I, I, I just want to give up. And we see this leading to just tragic consequences like self-harm or even worse. And we just see that this is not the blessed way. This is not God's best for us. And what we're seeing in our culture today, and this might sound a little extreme, but what we're seeing is that we are just uh, experiencing just this uh, tremendous amount of loss, this collective amount of loss that we are going through together as a culture. In fact, um, since COVID-19 began, we've seen over 900,000 deaths related to COVID-19 um, in, in our country alone. And not to mention, I mean, on top of all of that, I mean, the countless jobs that have been lost, the countless relationships that, that, that have gone, the countless memories that, that we wanted to have or that uh, we wanted our kids to have. I mean, they, they are all gone. And, and it's all of this loss. And, and in a, cu a culture that says, hey, just bury those emotions, you know, just replace the loss, or just let time heal everything, what we're seeing is we are drifting towards those alternatives to mourning. And we're repressing, we're retreating, and we're resigning. And what are we seeing as a result of that? I mean, we're seeing anxiety and depression at near uh, uh, record levels um, all across our country. 
Across our country uh, in 2021, we have seen nine cities at least break their records of homicides and not break their records in a good way. I mean, they had more homicides in their cities um, in 2021 than any other year, and most of them broke their records before December hit. I mean, when uh, quarantine orders were out, we saw domestic abuse go up by 8%. And we're seeing individuals and us collectively not mourning our loss, and as a result, not experience God's best for us. And so, with all that's going on, how do we experience the, the blessings of God? How do we experience God's best for us? Well, Jesus says, here's what I want for you. Let's go back to what he says. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And this word mourn, that Jesus used in the Greek language, it was the strongest word that he could have used, that they used in that culture to refer to mourning. In fact, uh, commentator William Barclay, he described it like this. He said, it is defined as this kind of grief which takes such a hold that it cannot be hidden. It is not only the sorrow which brings an ache to the heart, it is the sorrow which brings the unrestrainable tears to the eyes. And if you were anything like me a couple of years ago, you'd read something like this and go, uh-uh, I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. That, that, that is just too much for, for, for me. But others of you, you read this and you can relate to this. Like you've had those moments where it was just that deep sorrow and that deep pain and you just cried. You may have even called it like the ugly cry. You're like, I'm just letting it all out because I'm just expressing all of these emotions and all of this pain. And Jesus says, when you do this, you will be blessed. Well, well, how do you experience his blessing? It comes in the word of comfort. And you will be comforted by God, that God will bless you. When you put in the practice of mourning, you'll be comforted by, by God. And you might wonder, well, well, how does that work? You know, that, that, that just sounds very interesting. And, 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 and it is. And if you aren't yet a follower of Jesus, I think this may be one of the most compelling reasons why you may want to consider becoming a follower of Jesus because we can experience God's comfort. In fact, we see a number of ways that God comforts those who are mourning throughout Scripture. But I just wanted to highlight just a few of the ways that God does this. One of the ways that God comforts us when we mourn is through His presence. And it, it, this is almost counter uh, to how we might naturally think that if we're going through a time of mourning, we might feel like God is distant and far away from us, but God will actually comfort us with his presence. Uh, David, who is one of the most famous kings of Israel, probably one of the best kings of Israel, um, he uh, wrote several prayers that, that we have in, in the book of Psalms. And David also experienced just this incredible loss. He lost a child. And David wrote this about this. He said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. That when you mourn and you go to God when you're mourning, God actually comes close to you. He is coming close and comforting you uh, with his presence. And, and this is done uh, through, through his spirit, where God will comfort us with the presence of his spirit. And I've experienced it like this, and uh, this might sound a little uh, unnatural for, for, for maybe many of you at first, but this is the best way that I can kind of describe this. And it was a couple years ago when I was going through that time with that counselor, and he was just working, uh, uh, working with me to teach me how to practice mourning and, and to mourn my loss. And, 
And there was just this one day, I remember waking up, going to my living room, and I was just spending time with God, and I was just praying out loud to Him. And I just started pouring out these emotions that I had inside of me that's just been locked and bottled up inside of me. And like, God, you know, I feel this about this, and I'm just, just letting Him have it. And it was just this surreal moment because nothing about any of my circumstances have changed at all. But yet, as I'm praying about it, I'm feeling the, this presence of God just come around me and just surround me. And I almost feel this impression that, that says to me, hey, Tyler, I'm here and I'm enough. Hey, Tyler, I'm here and I'm enough. And, and, and I remember feeling this, this, pres this presence thinking, that's right. Even though nothing's changing, my circumstances are still the same, I feel God's presence and it's enough. And I felt comforted by that presence. And when, when I talked to others about that who have gone through this type of mourning, they'd say the same thing. Yeah, I felt that. And I felt this comforting by God's presence. And, and when you experience this type of comfort, it then enables you to experience this other type of comfort. And that is we experience comfort through healing. And when we perform funerals, we often start with this statement that says, hey, these funeral services, they aren't for the dead, but they are for the living. Well, why is that? That is because we've learned over time that there's just something sacred and special that happens when we set apart time for us to grieve and for us to mourn. And I think of it like this way. If you were to uh, imagine if you got a cut on your arm and you bandage your uh, arm up during the day and, and you just cover that cut up, but then at night you take off that bandage in order to let that uh, wound have some air so that air can get in and see, again, heal uh, that, that wound so you can heal quicker. That's what mourning does. Mourning is like that air that goes in uh, to, to the wound that we have when, when we are mourning. It allows us to experience this type of healing. Now, that doesn't change the circumstance. It doesn't make it go away. Just like when we let our cuts, you know, heal, the cut was still there, but we experience healing from that when, when we experience God's comfort when we mourn. And then, as, as we experience this healing, we can then experience this other way that God comforts us. And that is, we find God's comfort and the ability where we can then bless others. And I've heard many describe it like this, that this is when they find the purpose in their pain. And, and it's not like, hey, God caused the pain for this, but God redeems the pain through, through this. That because you've went through this and you've been comforted by his presence and you've been comforted by his healing, you can then go ahead and take your experience and take and share that with, with others. In fact, Paul, who is this great church leader, he describes this so brilliantly in another letter to other Christians. And, and here's what he wrote to them. He said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort. There it is. God wants to comfort those who are mourning. He comforts us in all of our troubles, whatever we are mourning, so that, and here's our purpose statement, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. In other words, God gets us through it so that we can get others through it. God provides comfort for us so that we can continue to experience his comfort by taking that comfort and sharing that comfort with, with others. And, and we see this play out time and time again, that when we go through something and, and when we mourn and are comforted by God, 
we can then help. In fact, we are the best positioned ones to help others do the exact same thing. I mean, we see this play out week in and week out here at the Ridge, uh, where, where many are, are taking the times where God comforted them so that they can comfort others. We've seen individuals who've gone through cancer, and, and they just went through the, the just the t- very, very hard and difficult treatments and, and, and just experience just how horrible that, that sickness can be. And, and they've experienced God's comfort as they went through that, and they are the best equipped. They are the best positioned to come alongside others who are going through cancer as well and saying, hey, here's how God got me through this. God brought me this comfort. I want to bring this comfort to you. And for many, they'd say, this, is, this has brought more comfort to me because now I have this purpose to help others, you know, because I've been comforted. I can comfort them as well. In fact, we, we see this play out in many of our short-term groups where, where individuals, uh, where they were mourning the loss of a relationship and they experienced God's comfort through it. And they said, okay, now I found this purpose where I can help others uh, work through the loss of their relationships, whether it's through divorce care or grief share. And each week they're finding their purpose and their comfort from God by sharing his comfort with others who are going through something that they have been through. And as they've gone through it, they, they, they would say, you know, I, I don't know if I'd go through that again or if I'd willingly choose to go through it, but I have experienced that by mourning, God has comforted me and I can comfort others and I am blessed and better off as a result of that. And that's why Jesus says, God blesses you and you are blessed when you, are, when you mourn for you will be comforted. Now, since this is so unnatural for our culture and, and something that we don't just typically understand and usually do right away, the question that, that comes up is, well, how and what do I mourn? Like, how do I put into this practice to mourn so that I can be comforted by God? Because it is a practice that, that we have to put into place. Well, the good news for us is that there are several examples throughout Scripture that show us the practice of mourning. And I think one of the best examples actually comes to us uh, from this Old Testament book of Job. And uh, Job is a man who, who lived thousands of years before Jesus, and he experienced incredible loss. In fact, in one day, he lost all of his resources. He was incredibly wealthy, uh, and he was wealthy because of the livestock he had. And, and this one day, his livestock was gone. And then the same day, um, he had uh, great children that, that were growing up, and they were uh, celebrating um, at a meal together in a house. And that day, the, the house collapsed on them, and, uh, and, and, and they all died that, that same day. It was a horrible, horrible, horrific day where, I mean, he, he lost it all. And just imagine if you lost everything you had in one day, that was Job's day. And, and so Job, he, he's experiencing this loss. And we see him respond to this. And we see how he mourns. And, and there's a, one example of him uh, showing us this pattern of how he mourned. And it's found in Job 1, where Job stood up and he tore his robe in grief. And then he shaved his head and he fell to the ground to worship. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. And in this response, we actually see a pattern of mourning that we actually learn from Job. Now, this is early on in the book of Job. Job actually follows this pattern several times throughout the book, but he keeps putting in this practice of mourning, and then eventually we see him be comforted by God, and we see him be blessed. But, but here's the pattern uh, that, that we learn from Job. The first step that we take into practicing mourning is we just want to acknowledge what we mourn. 
And this is when Job said, I've, I've lost it all. He's not saying that, that, that God caused all of it to happen, but he said, you know, this is allowed to happen. I've lost so much. I've lost this. I want to acknowledge what I've lost. And so we start by acknowledging what it is that we are going to mourn. And what we mourn are actually two things. Jesus, in the word that he used, blessed are those who mourn, we can realize it's connected to these two things to mourn. And what we mourn is our loss and our sin. And while these might seem like two separate ideas at first, these are actually very, very connected. And our loss might seem obvious at first. We, we would mourn our loss of a relationship, a job, a physical ability. Uh, we, we, we've lost this and we want to mourn that. But our sin is also any time that we've settled for less than God's best for us. And, and, and because of that, we want to mourn that decision because they are connected. And, and, and here's how they're connected. Paul tells us, he says... When Adam sinned, sin entered the world, and Adam was the first human. Adam's sin brought death or loss, so death spread to everyone because everyone has sinned. And what, Adam, uh, what Paul is showing us is that because of this, we all have experienced loss and we all experience sin, and they are connected. I'm not saying that your loss is a result of your own personal sin. Um, but what I am saying, our loss is a result of sin uh, in, in general in this world. And so what we do is we want to acknowledge what it is that we mourn. We acknowledge our loss and we acknowledge our sin. And so we, we take that first step. We acknowledge what we mourn and then we follow the second step. And that is we express our emotions. And this is what we saw Job do when he tore his robe and shaved his, his head. He was expressing his emotions. And I had a friend ask me earlier this week, she was like, is that like when girls get a haircut after they go through a breakup? And I was like, girls do that? I didn't know that girls do that. But uh, apparently they do. But no, no, this is not like that. In fact, this is just taking the emotions that are deep inside of you and expressing them outside of you. And this doesn't mean we tear our robes and shave our heads. But what this does mean is we acknowledge what's going on inside of us and we just express those emotions. And, and, and this can look like in a number of different ways for us. For, for maybe you, maybe it's you're going to go outside and you're just going to yell at God for about 10 minutes. And you're just going to let him have it and God can handle that. Others of you, maybe you can uh, put into practice uh, something that I was taught to do. And that is just to get out a pad of paper and just write out the emotions that you're feeling. In fact, first 10 minutes of my day, I just, uh, just free flow my emotions. And I just process my emotions when I'm feeling this way. Just write them out and tell God, this is how I'm feeling inside. God, I'm angry about this loss. I'm sad about this. I really miss this person. God, I'm embarrassed about the sin that I did again. And you just acknowledge and what you mourn and you express those emotions. And then the third thing that we do when we mourn is we make the choice to trust God by continuing to praise him. And we just tell God, hey God, I still think you're so great. And I think you are who you say you are. And, I, and I'm going to take your word for who you say you are. I'm going to trust that you're going to forgive me of my sin. And I'm going to trust that you're going to comfort me as I mourn. God, I'm going to choose to continue to trust in you. And that's exactly what we saw Job do. And so that's the process of mourning. And what I've learned um, over these last couple of years is I've gone through this mourning and I've begun to say, you know, it's, it, I'm not blessed or pressed, you know, and trying to just not deal with those emotions, but rather by acknowledging what I've lost and then take that time to express those emotions to God and then to go ahead and just say, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what anyways. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that God doesn't want us stuck in our loss. 
God doesn't want us stuck in our sin. God doesn't want us stuck in this. He wants us to come to him. And he wants us to mourn because he wants so much better for us. He wants so much better for you and for me. He wants us to be comforted. He wants to comfort us with his presence. He wants to comfort us with healing. And he wants to comfort us so that we can bless others because that is when we are experiencing his best for us. That is when we are blessed, when we mourn and we're comforted right here and right now. So, so here's what we're going to do uh, together, whether you're online or whether you're, you're here in Greenfield, is we're going to take some time and we're going to practice this together. And we're just going to go through the practice of mourning. And, and, and here's how we're going to do this. Wherever you're at, I just want to encourage you just to close your eyes and, and we're just going to pray together and I'm just going to lead us uh, through a time and, and I'm just going to give you some things to think about and I want you to silently pray between you and God wherever you are and I just want you to go through this process and just try it out and just see how it happens and see how it works to just try out this practice of mourning and to experience how God will comfort you. And so right now, would you just close your eyes and, and, and let's just pray uh, through this together and, and the first thing that I want you to do is I want you to acknowledge what it is that you mourn. What is it that, that, that you've lost? Is there a relationship, a physical ability, a dream, a hope, a desire? Is there a job? Is there a sin that you're like, ah, oh, I did that again, I did that again. What is it that you mourn? Would you just right now just take a moment wherever you are and just silently just tell God what that is acknowledging what it is that you are mourning. And then we, we all have these emotions that we have in, inside of us because of what it is that we mourn. And those emotions are there, and we may have tried to bury it or, or uh, walk away from it or resign from it, but, but they're still there. And so right now, let's just acknowledge what those emotions are Maybe it's anger over that relationship that is no longer there. Maybe it's deep sadness over the thing that we miss so much. Maybe there's embarrassment, shame, guilt for the habit that we keep going back to. Would you just take a moment wherever you are and just silently just tell God, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on inside of me right now. God, uh, we, we just come to you and God, we know that, that mourning feels unnatural at first. God, it stirs some things up inside of us that we may not want to stir up at first, but God, we hold true. We hold to the truth that you've promised us. And that is that you promised us that you would comfort us in our mourning. And so God, right now, we want to choose to trust you and praise you. And, and, and God, we want to experience your healing. We want to experience your presence. We want to experience your blessing as we come to you and mourn our loss. And so God, right now, I just pray for us. Uh, wherever we are, wherever we are online, wherever we are in Greenfield, God, I pray right now that you would just surround us with your presence. God, that we would be healed by you. God, we ask that you would be with us. God, and we choose to trust in you. And God, as a result of that, we just want to praise you because we know that you are good. 
and we know that your way is the best way. It is the blessed way. And we thank you for giving that to us. Not just, you know, someday from here now, but you allow us to experience that right here and right now. We thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, hey, we're going to continue to trust God and to praise him uh, by by singing uh, together to him, both online and in Greenfield. And the way that we're just going to do that is we're just going to stand and we're just going to sing these lines to the song that just acknowledge the emotions that we are feeling when it comes to mourning, but then also just declare to God that we just uh, continue to trust him and praise him. So let's stand up and let's sing to God together. Sing together with peace. Sin not in part. 
Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Churches podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.